of your French girls. I'm Rafi. Bonjour, je suis Nunu Paris, and this is Wait, Wait Don't Do it. it, the show where we tell you to Wait, Wait, get creative, get artsy, get into it. And start putting more stories out there. So, we are talking about creativity, and which is such a... Specific- and the creative process. Yes. Because the creative process is something more important than the, cre- the creativeness that comes out of it. I think for as pe- queer people of color, our narratives are something that needs to be shared with the world, as we don't see it a lot in media um, and in a popular culture. Um, I think the creative process is very important, especially for for like our perspective, people of color, because there seems I don't know if we you've seen that TED talk, the one story. Yeah, the power of one one single narrative. The single narrative, yeah, and how a single narrative ultimately. Uh, kind of forces everyone to this conformity um, and when you don't have a sense of self and your sense of self is not promoted in the media then you kind of are subjected to kind of living as an um, voyeur a voy- and a voyeuristic you live through just gazing and never actually living yourself and that's uh, why I think creative creativity is so important especially I'm so glad that I feel like I'm a creative person no yeah and I want to talk about the, the journey of being creative because it's not something that is inherent in everyone I do think as youth we're kind of told that you know if you're an artist if you're an actor a singer like it comes out early in life right and yeah. that means you're you're talented from birth but um, it's it's been a process for me, I know. Isn't um, it a muscle, too? I feel like everything's a muscle. If you ever have... Again, go back to your childhood. What was your creative outlet as a child to kind of make you feel happy and make you feel good about yourself? Did you have a creative outlet as a child? I I do think so, but I feel like it was stifled just because of societal standards. Like, yeah. I remember in preschool loving to dress up, and here I am dressing up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for so long, you know, it felt like it was wrong to do that. So I feel like that was one of the ways. But also, when you're an only child, you know, creativity is everything because you have to entertain yourself right girls but you also it seems like you are always wanting to be a performer because I like being in the spotlight I do I yes you do you do how how could you tell yeah, I definitely think performance is something I, I loved, but I was so scared of, just because I was I was a scared child, and I thought that it wasn't for me. I thought you had to look a certain way, be a certain way, and when you are... If you stood out, you'd be judged. Yeah. yeah. And you also didn't see people like me, you know, doing modeling and art direction and all the stuff I loved, right? I feel like... No, you don't see that, but I feel like... There's like Andre Leon. Did you not? Did you not relate to like Miss J Alexander? Um. Yeah. Obviously, I was American Top Model girl. I relate to everyone on that show. I was obsessed with Tyra Banks. Been there since I was born. I related a lot to Mr. J just because he got to like direct and everything. Yeah. Um. I definitely related to Mr. J too because I'm a runway girl. I feel like, and I feel like I could teach the girls something. Um. I just relate to any person who was just expressing themselves because you know when you're younger you don't really see. All the gender stuff about it. So you would th- you would say that uh, your pat- like inherited trauma, trauma in general, is the thing that slowed down and kind of like stifled your creative process. I think fear and societal pressure definitely stifled my creative process. But I still had the outlet of poetry. I did win poetry contests. Oh, I did read one of your 
uh, paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> they're really, they're really, they're, re- they're real free form, y'all. They're real free form. Yeah, I'm an artist. I'm an English major. That's why I became an English major, right? Um, and that's kind of the way I express things. I was in band. Mm-hmm. That's creative. What'd you right? play? I played the euphonium. Easiest <laughs> instrument. No, bye. You don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. I was also known as a baritone. It's like a mini tuba like, for all like, my band girls out there. That sounds like I was first chair. Way. I was first chair all three years and in my summer camps. First chair matters. <laughs> oh my gosh! You, so you did work creative. That sounds like I wasn't. I did play <laughs> the clarinet. I sucked at the clarinet. Bye. Tra- oh, uh, there you go. You confirmed it. <laughs> With those fingers, <laughs> <laughs> I got double jointed fingers. I, every uh, clarinet recital, I would lip sync with all the other people. <laughs> right, girl. I was blowing. <laughs> but you, I only did that, and um, I was so you did that with the euphonium. No, you didn't play the euphonium. No, the thing Real is, tea, you, I, no, where's the euphonium in this room? At my mama's house, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, so when I first started band, I played the trumpet, but then I got braces, so I didn't hurt my mouth to do it. So I had to go to the euphonium, which has a bigger mouthpiece. So in the early months of the trumpet, I'd be like, look, I, I can't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> the trumpet sucks. I could never get it to sound right. I, I could. I tried to get my braces off. <laughs> um, so you stopped giving head and playing the trumpet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, my creative high school. Uh, my creative <laughs> process was always writing. I've always written movies. I might have wrote my first screenplay. Oh, it's like, similar like that. We write. We're writers. Oh, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I wrote my first screenplay when I was twelve. I what was it about? I think we talked about some podcast. Unless you don't listen to me. <laughs> caught, caught. Probably. <laughs> no, but I, it was about a magician who. Um, God, comes to a school and I kills remember all the, that uh, kills yeah. all the kids so I was I always wrote slasher <laughs> flicks um, I, my first my first actual full length 125 page film that I wrote was Apartment 12 you mean 125 font <laughs> <laughs> she could never y'all she could never actually let me, God I wish I had access to like those just, scripts because these scripts were like pages of words or words and words I know like, they were just words <laughs> <laughs> Story that made sense, bitch. You can see Apartment 12 right now in theaters, but girl. It's not yeah. no worse or better than what is on TV ah. right now. Hey. Oh, girl. No, no, go ahead. Apartment 12 was that girl before, uh, what's that blinded movie called? Sandra Bullock's movie? Oh, Bird Box. Yeah, Apartment was a Bird Box of its time. Girl. Um, and then I worked on my full, I worked on 12 episodes of my first TV series when I was like 15. So I was writing. Not Sour Cherries? Yeah, Sour Cherries was it. Like that was oh, so you've been doing that for a while. Yeah, that was my baby for 10 years. Oh. I devoted like 10 years into that screenplay. And then it never. <laughs> I did, I, I, then I realized that I would. And I, that's the problem. But that is also the problem with telling one story. While I tried my effort to kind of make my my shows and my movies at the time diverse, they always had people of color in there. It definitely still had um, Caucasian dialogue, Caucasian dialogue, Caucasian storylines, and storylines that I could ultimately not relate to, and I didn't know how to navigate them with depth. 
But, you um, know, when you're only watching the WB or the CW. That's what I was watching. <laughs> yeah. 90210, uh, One Tree Hill, all those. Yeah, that's what I was inspired by. Uh, Cruel Intentions was a big inspiration for me. And those are the whitest yeah. of the white. Yeah, so I don't, but now that I don't watch anymore, and I've kind of had my own life that I've lived, I can kind of, I'm tapping into my writing again. And right now, actually, Wait, Don't Do It Productions, bitch, is working on a TV show. Yes, Rafi, Wait, Don't Do It Productions, producing its first screenplay kind of about our lives as we move from North Carolina up to the big city and all of the growth we still had to do. Yeah, um, because I, like I said, when I left North Carolina, I thought it was it. I'm going to join um, because D.C. was the gayest city and I think it still is the gayest city. But in, in my experience living here, it's definitely a gay city, but it's, it's definitely geared for the white gay perspective. And um, it's very, also very segregated and but also again i the experiences i've had also have led to my growth as a human being and kind of giving me that t- uh, thicker skin um and the best part about it is now we get to write about it and kind of like get like kind of document the shenanigans that we got into up here because we we've definitely right we we uh jokingly kind of talk about each year as a season of our reality show and there's so many key players and so many relatable stories uh, that we've been through that we don't we really don't see in media um the queer lgbt sorry the The queer uh, people of color experience is something that is seriously not talked about. And we can see it in Shade Room comments. We can see it in still the lack of knowing and awareness. what people are talking to us and yeah. what, what they think we go through. I mean, I'm still having conversations with people I work with. They're like, oh, you guys go through body issues too. And, yeah. you know, other, other things uh, like that. So it, it's important for us to, to show who we are. Um, but I'm excited because I love the cast. Um, I love the characters. I love the dialogue uh, that we've written together. Um, so we've definitely have working on, we've been working on the treatment and, like, getting the characters uh, kind of, like, Come, like right, finally documenting these characters and kind of adding some death to each character. Um, it's kind of taking me back. It's feeling like a diary entry almost because um, I haven't, like I said, I haven't like kind of gone back to these feelings in a while. And now that I'm kind of seeing it from the other side, I can kind of see the humor in some of the situations. But yeah, the and last three years have been definitely a whirlwind for yeah. us. So um, right now we're working on the treatment. Uh, we're definitely trying to navigate how we're going to take on this this. Like ten episode season, um, but yeah, that's coming. Let's see if we can get a sponsor, Isa, honey. Isa, help us out. Help, You're help gonna them. love it. You're gonna love it, honey. And but she's already she's she's working on a, a bisexual. Yeah, yeah, but wow. there's always room for more, right? Well, let's hope that the <laughs> Netflix, someone y'all better get us, honey. So that is coming up soon. Yeah, so that's one way we're doing being creative. Um, I know creativity is. It's hard for a lot of people because, again, you don't feel like maybe you have it. Um, but it's about that practice. It's about just doing it. It I is mean, a muscle. As a as a, uh, a queer black person, you know, there's not a lot of writers that speak to my voice at yeah. all. Unless you count Tyler Perry. <laughs> 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 but, you know, the, you know, we have Lee Daniels, of course, um, yeah. in Empire. But, again, 
But especially you, like the Hispanic narrative. Hey, there's Hispanic, literally no Latino narrative Hispanic other American than Poe. Narr- well, Hispanic na- American narrative is like completely absent. Like absent. There was Ugly Betty, um, and that was it. Yeah, and, and then the Virgin Wells. And again, and those are it's centered around a person of color, but they are usually surrounded by white people. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this show that we're working on is definitely um, inspired. I, I think I, if I had to like turn it into like an equation it's like a little bit of Insecure it's a little bit of Broad City and it's a little bit of that gay show that lasted six episodes Noah's Ark no (laughs) so I know that you've had a journey with writer's block over the last almost like a year girl no honey this is I've been my New Year's resolution for the past five years has been to write again I know um, you had you know written stuff right before we moved up here, and then it, it got harder to write. Once I moved to DC, and I agree for me, I used to write a lot of poetry, and I, I just stopped. Once, once, the, I think it's adulthood that you think that you know. Once you hit your adulthood, you just have to focus on your career. But something I, I don't know. I think I heard it in Broad City or something. It was a they were talking about well, you are a creative, and you just need to have twenty percent of your time or half your time needs to be for your actual job that gives you money, but then half your time, like twenty hours a week needs to go to your creativeness and like enriching that and I live I and somehow that's why teaching and personal training is always like kind of like uh drawn me in because I get to create my own schedule while you have I've had all this time to write but I haven't been able to write about it because I haven't had an outlet like therapy to kind of talk about my feelings and how I felt about those feelings I would talk about I could have written the show but it would have been really stiff dialogue and uh forced narrative because I guess I was writing with a little bit of shame to my story, and I felt ashamed of what I went through. Um, but now, I, like I said, seeing it on the other side, I can see the humor and see the three-dimensional, um, the three-dimensional characters that are basically based off the people that I've lived with and called friends. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think for me, having your perspective as a like. Uh, in it as well. This is the first time I've ever worked with somebody too, and this has made it so much easier. Me too for for a writing piece because obviously you know for our writers out there, it's writing so personal. But I do think any artwork is personal. You know, yeah, my boyfriend um, is writing his screenplay for his show as well. He's an animator, um, and I work with so many people who use art as their medium and. The dedication and time, but also the outlet it gives you is yeah. stunning. But you have to have that motivation because some people, you know, can channel their depression or their sadness through it. But some people can't, you know, create unless they're in a good mood. It's definitely was it's, it definitely was my coping mechanism when I was overweight and I was felt like I was othered. I wrote myself into stories that like I did I would not feel othered anymore. And um, now I feel like I'm writing to kind of document and now I see the importance of telling my story because I know there's several, several, several other people that I see, I, I can see day to day who I work with that they wouldn't see it, but we can relate to the same stories and, you know, and anything can be an outlet though. I, something that I've started doing this year, makeup has been so fun. Oh, you've definitely you. like, you definitely blossomed into a little... Little, very little, little, little. little what, what do we call this girl? She's a femme queen. Because yeah, I can't, I can't use the word I was gonna use. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> you are ridiculous. Um, doing makeup, specifically eyeshadows, has been so uh, an outlet for me. I had so much fun doing it, um, creating and just changing every time. Um, 
Sims and Minecraft and just creating worlds online is is, is art. I used to do that mean? too. I used to do that too. It's still art. Cause you're 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 creating a narrative and a story. Um, so any way that makes you feel. Um, that you're producing content, original content. We want you to we want you to strive for that because it's necessary to see what you're able to produce um, and see what's inside you. Because everyone has a perspective. Everyone's creative. If you're if you really honestly channel that, champ. If you've gone through shit and you don't know how to process it, pick up a pen. Or no, you're gonna pen at this point, girl. Pick up your computer and like write, <laughs> write it. Up. Take an interest in yourself. Invest in yourself because ultimately, I think every. I would talk to if if someone came to me about writer's block, I would just literally be like, "You gotta start investing in yourself. Start looking into your story, and then." Cope it, cope with it, because there's no way over the hump. You can't just, you can't just expect yourself to just start writing. You have to really channel that writer's block. Just typing words, and then finally something's gonna come out. That that's bullshit. Yeah, that don't work. That was that was definitely echo. I had an opportunity uh, to listen, be an intimate experience with actress Lisa Arundel. Oh wow! Um, I love her in Tyler Perry's movies. She's got a lot of stuff, and she's especially a stage actor. You know, she went to Juilliard. She's oh, bitch! She's classically trained, um, and as a black actress, her her speech about the process and you know surrounding yourself though with people who speak life over your dream because people can speak yeah. death over your dream, yeah. and making sure you're in positions where you can really express yourself. Um, she has finally finished her screenplay. Um, it took years because you know she's a mother, she's an actress, but she said it took years. You know, you write a little each day because you think you know I can just do it but it's a process and you shouldn't put a time limit on things you know Shonda Rhimes doesn't like the term aspiring writer she you know if you either are a writer or you're not yeah that's a good way to think about it <laughs> I, that's why when I graduated with my four year degree I said I'm a screenwriter because bitch I'm a screenwriter I've written several screenplays I know I know how to write a screenplay um, but I do think like uh I've, not all writers should be <laughs> just to me sometimes writers write to change up the story but I really am tired of seeing recycled material that's a big turn off for me I don't care what it is if you are recycling material decide to challenge that though too boo don't you think absolutely I because think I will say that because I just remember being in school and we had table reads of everyone's screenplays and like there were always three screenplays about like uh, minimal job, kind of like the office kind of setting. And stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we can push the genres and the narratives of everything. I mean, I'm trying to be. I like modern, um, progressive shows at this point that give us a different perspective and different uh, view. I've been getting into the realness shows. I used to be so into like the fantasy, like Scandal and How to Get a Murder, What You Hill, and Nine to Two and now I'm much more into like the insecure, the realness, broad cities, just the realness of it all, and like the the re- relative. Those shows are so rich. Um, if I if if you also are going through writer's box, start watching TV shows. When I was having when I was going through this phase of not writing, I was not watching TV anymore. I was just watching reality TV and kind of things to pass my time. But really start investing in shows that really are going to enrich you and kind of make you feel like you're a little bit human. Broad City has made me so much more like. I would add to that and 
and say watch things out of your comfort zone. I think something you know me and my boyfriend have been able to do for each other. Um, something I appreciate a lot about our relationship is that we've learned so much about our our artistic backgrounds. Um, I so now I can see things of animation. I can see things um, that are more technical that I never knew before I met him, and he's able to experience a whole new world of media because you know he he had a a more narrow view of it, but you know be able to watch drama stuff from the fifties and you know things that are not in his usual wheelhouse have given him more ideas and stuff to to add to his own creative process. I think it's important to look at all mediums and see what you can take from it. You know, I've never seen Mother Dearest as a gay man, and I realized... Like, like, I just showed him whoever happened to Baby Jane with Betty Davis and that, Okay, so that's what I'm saying. I feel like I, I'm... I'm a film girl. Some people <laughs> say that I'm creating a sin being a film major and also being gay men, not watching their shows. Um, so I would definitely be deal, down to watching... A mother dearest. You need to watch everything. You need to watch Gone with the Wind. You need to watch I'm All not, About I don't Eve. Have a you need to watch day. about. You need to watch everything. I have drama. Um, the I also I you see Brave at Tiffany's at least. No. Oh my gosh. I like Psycho. That's like the that's like my favorite one of my favorite movies. That's not. I'm talking about like. Uh, and I do like I love Lucy's comedy too. Oh, I, I was obsessed with I love Lucy when I was little. Yeah, I, you were such a Lucy. <gasps> Me? Yeah. That's who you patted yourself off. No, it did not. (laughs) I am not a Lucy. Would you ever? Never been a Lucy. uh, There's two things that remind me, and they're probably the most iconic moments. Is uh, the a bit of my 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 son, but also the candy when she's like doing the candy on the conveyor belt. It's like all the things she's like. That is you. That is you. I was dying. That's (laughs) funny. So. So to be creative, you just got to be yourself and have the intention. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself, invest in yourself first because you have to have the intention to be creative. Yeah. It's not going to just come out of you, and especially now that we're all aging, we're all out of college, right? Yes. Um, you're not going to have that time anymore. You're not going to have the time like when you're in school to just be like, I'm in my room creating. Yeah. You have a job. You got a relationship. You got friends. You got family you things. You got to live your life first before you You know what I mean? Life. So you really have to create that space um, to be creative. I One of my friends, um, I was went to my grad program with. She is a published arts author now, and she went to the summit just this weekend and being like, you know, what? I am creative. I have a published book, and she still has to remind herself that yeah. you know this is only the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so, no matter where you are in the creative process, whether you are super accomplished in terms of publishing and uh, recognition, or if you're just starting out, I think it's important to realize you are worth it and your story should be told. That's what I said because I think something I never understood why is a, con- a constant critique that I got when I was writing my shows was these don't sound like real characters. They sound like people that used to how you think people would be in those situations. Yeah. And it's because I was a child. I didn't know how to like, um, and again, that's a lot I had the worst influences as a child about my writing. Because, like, that, instead of saying, like, wow, you're writing, you were 120 pounds, they would always say those kinds of things. Um, but I, and that stifled my writing because I thought I should I should just stop writing. But that, as a child, pick up the pen, start writing, start writing your stories, and just, like, keep doing it because you're starting to work that muscle. Then, once you're at an age to live your life, I will say, don't spend. Your time just living and again it's great to write and great to like explore that creative talent but if you're not living your life you're not going to end up pr- producing uh, content that is ultimately relatable because you need to be able to live your life and 
and again, put yourself like Brene Brown says, put yourself in the arena to get hurt, to to experience heartbreak and happiness and love and all these things to really write about heartbreak, love. Because I noticed now I'm writing, my writing is more believable and my characters are more believable and I can kind of navigate how I can be more loyal to character descriptions and character dynamics. Um, but I will say things I still struggle in is love stories because I haven't, I don't believe that I've felt love ever. Like full love, besides like for you, for like my friends and for like my family, I don't really have that. I've never felt intimate love before. I think with my past relationships, I just, where is in a relationship? I didn't, right. I wasn't heartbroken. I really want to feel that kind of, so, <laughs> but like, again, so like put yourself out there, experience love, heartbreak, happiness, sadness, all those things to make your content richer because all these recycled materials too is just it, that is also stifling to the written writers because you're not adding anything to the world creativity is meant to add something to the world too go big go be go kind go west <laughs> okay but be you get that creativity out and if you want to find Wait Under Productions, just send us a Venmo. Yeah, help other people be creative. This, by is, like, this is Wait Under. We, first of all, we're like we're we're killing it. Wait we are a whole company. Girl, I did put this on my LinkedIn. I said I run a podcast. LLC, honey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once again, thank you all for listening. This has been Wait Don't Do It with your girl Nunu Parish, y'all. And my name is Rafi. Thank you for listening. Be artistic. Be creative. Express yourself, girls. Adiós.